All right, it's Kylie Dixon here, founder of the Northern Lass Lounge. You've just stumbled on a little bit of business magic. Lounging with the Lasses is a podcast for small business owners by small business owners. And we talk everything that goes on behind the scenes. We talk overwhelm, we talk social media, we talk relationships and all the challenges and the wins and the highs and the lows. So hit the subscribe button, spread the word drop a cheeky review in because that really does help us get as much exposure to our awesome community of business women you can also come and join the northern last lounge which is our phenomenal facebook group on facebook and it is filled with over 2000 business women so and it grows every single week so come on over Today I'm lounging with Alexa Witten, also known as Alexa 2. More about that in the episode. Alexa is the owner of the book refinery and is actually my publisher of my books and a very good mate from down south. Join us as we chat about how the world perceives different types of publishing, our community of self-published authors and how Alexa has completely turned around her presence on social media by just being herself. I'm ready. Hello, Alexa. Hello, Kylie. Hello. This is going to be an interesting one, I think. (laughs) Because Alexa, for listeners, is not only my publisher and book guru, Mm -hmm. true friend. We talk most days. She's my sister from another mister, southern sister from another mister. Uh, And I'm sure today we will be so much like finding so much about like surrounding yourself with the right people shall we say so alexa i know everything about you obviously (laughs) just tell everyone what you do and what you're all about so i run i'm alexa otherwise known as alexa 2 although i you know i don't know if i should be alexa 2 this will be explained later no doubt um i am the owner of the book refinery and of a self-publishing a company called Compass Publishing UK. I help people basically get their heads out of their head and into print. And I was working more in the sort of corporate business sector. And then I'm sort of moving much more in the direction of children's books and other fiction. And it was through working with my very good friend and co-host of my writing group, Alexa Tewksbury, otherwise known as Alexa One. Um, And that is basically how I came across Kylie was because Alexa One was editing Kylie's book. And I know she'll tell the story of how that came about because that wasn't a simple journey. And then Alexa said, I've got this amazing lady who's got this book about this amazing character called Ink Cap and she needs help with publishing. And that's how we got to meet. You got in touch with me. You said you had this book. I said I could help. And the rest is history, really, I guess. It is. And I might go into some detail about the whole, how I came into the situation, but it's about you, Alexa, this is about you. <laughs> and you've, you've just you've just answered one of the questions, to be fair, was like, how did our paths cross? Um, and I think, what's important here is like when I say southern sister right how mm-hmm. far down south are you 
Considering well, this I'm not I'm not Southport like you keep saying I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am Portsmouth, which is pretty south. I mean, you can't, I mean, Cornwall's obviously further south, but you know, Portsmouth's the end of the it's the end of the line. And yeah, so I'm I'm pretty south. I'm Portsmouth, yes. So about what I think we worked it out to be about 420 miles away from you. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Isn't it crazy though how somebody who lives that far away and you can you can build this connection absolutely with absolutely and I think I think this is what is extraordinary with the lounge um I obviously met you through this publishing project which was right up my street loved it we got chatting on the phone and you mentioned in one of our conversations, it certainly wasn't the first or the second or the third, it was sort of mentioned, oh, I have this group called the Northern Lass Lounge, which, you know, I didn't really pay much attention to, to be fair. Anyway, I joined it and I wasn't very active in the group because, as the label said, the Northern Lass Lounge, and I didn't ever consider myself a Northern Lass. So I kind of, you know, I was, I was in the group, but I wasn't really paying much attention. And then... As we became stronger friends, and we were talking daily throughout your book project, um, you said, well, Lex, I keep mentioning this in the Northern Last Lounge, or I keep mentioning this. And then I kind of sort of took notice of this fabulous group that you had created. And regardless that I'm not Northern Lass, I, I'm adopted Northern Lass for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I then became a lot more involved in the group and I was posting relevant stuff to the group to sort of help people. And do you know what? It's the genuine, genuine. I was listening to Loz and Max, um, podcast yesterday and you asked her the question of what makes the, 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 the lounge so unique. And it is, for me, the genuine tribe of women who want to see other women succeed. And I've never seen that before. And I've been members of many groups and I've never seen that. It's the, it's the complete genuine, I've got your back. If you need help, come here. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I was paying attention to the, to the lounge that I started to see my business evolve in a different direction. Like we've got a ton of authors in that group now. <clears throat> You've, your, your ability of being able to connect the right people to the right people and your genuine um, desire to see people succeed. And we've now sprouted this amazing group of budding authors. And I think our collaboration is getting stronger. Mm -hmm. It's getting far reaching and it's making, you know, you talk about ripples making waves. I mean, you're making tsunamis in a good way. Of all things authory. <clears throat> and you know, you've inspired me. This isn't a this isn't a podcast where I'm like, you know, all bowed down to Kylie, but it's truly, truly this this lounge has transformed my life in terms of my business was fairly successful, but it's even more successful now because I've got my branding on point, things I weren't wasn't really paying attention to. And it's now really all coming together. And uh yeah. It's far reaching. I feel as if you've like took me, me points that I've written down and just oh. <laughs> condensed them all into one paragraph. 
I was going to ask you about what how you felt about the. I mean, I know how you feel about the lounge, right? Yeah. And you actually joined in um, oh. December the 9th, twenty twenty. Did so I? Wow. Just before this must have been like right at the point when Incap Book One yes. was coming out. Yes. It was about that date, wasn't it? So it was. I don't know whether it's because you'll have seen the community of people who were like around us at that that time when we built I think it was more you saying you got to get yourself in the lounge come on mate what are you doing right. <laughs> right. what, are you so. doing, what are you doing mate? But there is that thing isn't there like it's called the northern last lounge right and it always has been and it always will be but it's like does that put people off are you tell us does that put people off do you think from initially coming into it um I mean obviously it's interesting because my partner lives in Manchester which for me is north I know that's south for you that's Midlands that's Midlands for you but to me that's north I grew up in Cornwall anything further north than the Watford Gap to me is the north so to answer your question did it put me off no did I think I was your target audience I didn't think I was because I'm not northern However, I've got this affinity with the North, obviously with my partner, life partner in Manchester, which is North for me. And as soon as I joined and got to know the group, I was like, yeah, this is where I need to be. But I think that prerequisite, as you said, your target audience, which is a massive part of, you've got to know who your target audience is, is the Northeast. Yeah. So you couldn't call it anything else. Why would you call it, you know, unless you wanted to go completely, you know, the Great British Last Lounge? It just doesn't have the right ring, does it, really? But there, it's 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 quite, like, eye-opening when you see how many people join the lounge who say, I'm not Northern, but... And yes. Like, and yes. It, like, we do, and you, you're very, very... You're right when you're saying... That is our ideal client. That's who we niche into. And yeah. I relate on about ideal client all the time. Yeah. So even though you are, if your connection is that strong with your northern ideal client, the rest yeah. of the people will come. Well, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, look how it's transpired. Like Alexa, one that we, we probably will mention at some stage. Yeah. You know, she's even further south than me. She's Devon, right? Now she's joined the group and she's becoming a lot more involved in the group now and look at the ripples that are happening with her right so i i think it's the the this whole community and this is what your number one thing was when you when you when you you know you talk about it a lot when you made this group you wanted a place of community and that's exactly what you built a place of community and that has many ripples affecting many people so if it puts some people off, then they're not right for the group, right? So I I'm guess. Just interested, interested in all your thoughts on that. Um, just one more thing about the lounge before we go right back and talk about your life and all sorts, Alexa. Yeah. Um, so I, I made a team of people around us, didn't I? You, you were initially part of that team because we kind of knew we had this connection. We had very similar interests, yep. creativity, you know when you just our background oh. i mean our back even though our backgrounds different our life experiences actually are very similar which is nuts to think about it but we have very similar yeah. so you were in, originally in my team yeah i was 
Talk to me about why you decided to step away. Because I realised, even though I knew there were going to be monumentally monumental things happening with the team, and and I was and I loved being part of the team, and I was I felt honoured, like I've really felt honoured to be part of the team because I, I I know the potential and I know what's going to happen to these people who are in the team, but my it all comes down to ideal client, right? My journey, I know, is going in a slightly different direction. Like my skill set is different. And my skill set is the creative. It's the supportive. It's the, it's the, and my business is now taking off like completely. I'm fully booked now pretty much until November. I've got three, four projects happening in the new year. And I knew I wouldn't, I knew I wouldn't be able to bring my best self to what's going on because it's massive Mm -hmm. so that's when I said to you do you know what Kylie I've actually realized I still want to be part of your um what you're doing online and actually I'm much better suited for your other group that you've got the secret world of um mushroom marvelous magic the secret world (laughs) you can't get it in mushroom marvelous right (laughs) which is a which is where it all started right that was where it all started for you Mm -hmm. And I knew I was such a much better fit for that group to help you with that because it's the creative side. It's where the authory stuff is happening. Mm -hmm. And I just knew, do you know what? Instead of being in the Northern Last Lounge, I want to actually be in the group, in that group. I want to be an admin in that group. And so I had that conversation with you. I was dreading it because I was like, I didn't want to let you down. But I was like, but I also knew you'd totally understand. And so I've just shifted sideways yeah which is great and it works brilliantly it does I think it was absolutely the right decision to make do you know absolutely when we talked I was like yeah it makes total sense and yeah we'll always be in each other's lives anyway exactly (laughs) exactly so yeah no so so it's it's a really good it's a it's a really good match I think that I'm now helping you over in the secret mushroom group and it just fits my does. my 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 skill set obviously so going back is... to when we said um we our paths crossed and I remember having this conversation with you about how I felt a bit intimidated right <laughs> I don't know whether it was the way you spoke or I, I, I yeah. don't know what it was I get that I get that quite a bit when for oh, people it could, it's the whole publisher side of it I think there's yes. like this persona isn't there or there's a belief I, I don't know where it comes from because I had no experience of dealing yeah. with publishers but do you think there's a there's a kind of persona that is I out- think I think publishing first of all right as Loza Mack was saying in her episode and if you haven't listened to it do go and listen to it because it 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 really kind of explains her viewpoint of this whole the publishing world the publishing side of things and I think people view publishing as this and it is this um status of mystery and intrigue and it's not quite there for me and god being public being a published author is it has a really sort of high level acclaim to it right I mean it's true yeah if you say you're a published author, people kind of give you a second look and go, wow. Yeah. However, in the past 10 years, probably five actually, to be more accurate, self-publishing has completely taken off. Companies like Amazon, 
and Ingram have allowed people to be able to self-publish. Now, I don't distinguish between a published or a published author to me is a published author. If your book is in the British Library, which all people who have a registered ISBN, that's the number that's on the back of the book, the little barcode, all people who have a registered one of those by law has to have their book in the British Library. So if your book is in the British Library as a catalogue version, you're a published author, regardless yeah. how you've done it. Now, having said that, there are also a lot of crappy books out there, <laughs> which has kind of muddied the water. And I think this is why people who have self-published sort of have this slight duality feel about, well, am I published? Am I not? Am I considered published just because I've self-published? And I just say, look, listen, if you've been able to bring to the table a high quality, properly produced, professionally cover design, edited, published, and you're selling the book and changing the people's lives who are reading it, does it matter how you've published your book? No. 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 Doesn't matter. Because I remember that the first, when I first started deciding to write a book, two years ago uh and i thought i have to go to a big publisher I have yeah to, what you have yeah. to do i didn't have a clue you know i didn't have a scoop yeah. what i was doing yeah and you know what it is i've kind of fell in love with self-publishing yeah. i have yeah. and we talked about this the other day didn't we because things right. are starting to happen now off the back of all yeah. the that i've put in yeah like, there's a level of control you've got absolutely there's pros and cons with um publishing uh, traditional publishing versus self-publishing i've written a uh, blog post that some people might find useful so if you want to have it for your uh, show notes you can and that is if you're going to go down the traditional route first of all you have to apply to many 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 people and you have to know who your who the agent is because you, you can't just go to the publishers direct you have to go through an agent and you have to basically target the right agent for your category of book and it's all about knowing your target audience because if you don't know who your target reader is you then won't know who your tar target agent is you then have that whole control issue right because if a publisher then comes along and says i really love your book and they're going to offer you a whack of money what they are then going to do with your character they might go right well we like this guy and we like this guy but we don't like this guy or we want to change this guy or we were now going to expect you to write a book a year for the next 10 years right so suddenly your wonderful creation that you've got might go down an avenue that actually you don't want it to go down whereas with the self-publishing route I feel it not only shows determination you're putting your money where your mouth is because it's your money and you can take it exactly in whatever direction you want to take it. So all hail self-published authors who have done it properly, because you know what, as you were saying, it's hard graft, it's relentless. It is. It's relentless, but look at like, just take your journey, for instance, look how many schools you're going into. Now, if you were to traditionally published, would they allow you to do that? There might be something in the contract that says you can't. It's like the illustrating as well. Could I? Yeah for other yeah. people exactly exactly so, so if, a, if a big fat wedge of six figures comes along <laughs> like, <laughs> with a with a cartoon and a film and a, and a christmas christmas feature every year you know i'd have to see would you say yes 
you'd have to think you'd have to think but you know i've 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 actually helped many people self-published who were actually published traditionally right. who, have been, who have been dropped really they're not making enough money i yep. did not know this ah yes okay yes you 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 haven't always wanted to publish publish books you never went i am going to be a publisher of oh my god i fell into it completely fell into it Com absolutely completely fell into this i was working I've, I've my background is retail so waitressing restaurant managing and starbucks basically um which is where i got my love for coffee and it was when i was working at a starbucks i was managing a starbucks in canterbury in kent when i was living where i was living at the time having trained and worked in starbucks in canada because i lived over there for 10 years um anyway came back uh, needed a job starbucks were just opening up i applied for a job there got it worked my way up to manager and we had a regular customer that would come in twice a day for two venti cappuccinos and i tell you what if anyone's done baristering they know how hard it is to foam milk that much for venti cappuccinos and he liked it dry as well which means even more foam and he loved he he used to come in talk to me I would make his cappuccinos for him but what I didn't realize what he was also doing was he was watching me behind like what how I was talking to the staff how I was conducting myself and after about eight months of coming in he offered me a job he was in publishing and I went for an interview. I mean, it wasn't really an interview. I went for a coffee and he gave me a job. And I then got into this marketing. That's what he did. He did publishing and marketing. And one of the key things he told his clients to do was to write a book to show off your expertise. Mm -hmm. And that's what he did. And that's what he showed me how to help him with his publications, which is what I did. And then I realized when we went to one of his seminars and a client of his came up with a very, very obviously self-published book and said, I've done it, Paul. I've, I've written my book, here it is. And, and you could see Paul's face was like this book, bless it, had been published in Word. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was not a good looking book, but he'd done it, right? And, and, and I, it was then that I had this big light bulb appear on the top of my head. And I went, do you know what? I could help business owners write books for, to show off their expertise. And that really, really like lit a fire under me because it was creative. Mm -hmm. And I got to learn how to do typesetting and cover design. And that's how the book refinery was born. Did you have to study? Did you do a course or anything, or did you learn? So I did A level art, as we know. Like we've got that, we've got that um, commonality of art, which I loved. I was going to go to Falmouth Art School and do a degree in foundation, my, get my foundation in art, but that didn't happen. I ended up sailing the Atlantic and sailing to Canada, basically. Yeah. Um, and so art always fascinated me. So I, when I, when I was working with Paul, he was teaching me design software which I loved because it was another way of showing my creativity so have I studied it no have I studied it from afar and getting it right and getting it wrong absolutely like 
you know, cover design is a is something that you learn and you and I'm still learning now. Like I'm still learning now, right? Mm -hmm. But it's something that I love to do. And especially in the children's book genre, that your creativity is just, you know, it's like certainly working with you. You know, when we come to create a cover, like with Laura's cover, like we we visualized exactly the same cover. It was weird. So, yeah, so it's it, I'm self-taught, but I'm still learning because I don't think there's I don't think there's ever a point where you can say I know it all. Just like with you with illustrating, you wouldn't get to a point where you're like, I know everything about illustration. You're always learning, aren't you? And for anyone who's listening at home here, I'm just standing up because I'm gonna grab one of my books. <laughs> um I think one of the most special things that you get from Alexa was our attention to detail and the ideas that you come up with and I just go yes man yes so this is my second book yeah uh, in cap and the blight of the bonnet and I'm just looking through and it's the little things like, like well the- with that one it was the dandelion wasn't it I mean yeah. the yeah for the first book I definitely saw the chapter heads with a little picture and I was like Kylie I was like for the chapter heads right I didn't want just the plain chapter heads I was like can you whip us up some little like I I think I went on iStock and managed to find some little mushroom like yeah. little thingies right and I placed them in your test pages and I was like do you think you could you could whip up some little mushies for your chapter heads and you're like well of course so you came up with like what I think you came up with five little yeah. mushy things yeah. so anyone that's got the book you'll see they've each chapter head has these lovely little uh, little mushroom details and then I think for the second book, the genius that was when you showed me that gorgeous dandelion head. I'm just going to show the people who were watching on YouTube and on our membership. Oh. And then I was like, <laughs> you know what? I got an idea with this. And then that's oh, it was it an idea. Ooh. And then we got this idea of this little seedling floating all the way through the book. And then at the end, the empty seed head. Yes, because the really very poignant reason why yes. the dandelion's in there. But you'll have to read the book to find out. But it was like, it's just these little things that I see Alexa do that makes you, you, your skills stand out from, yeah. from other people. And I, I love what you've started doing on your books now on the back. So tell people what you've started. And it's like so, yeah, so, so we're going to have this one, obviously, for your for your one. So um, if, if I can show you roundabout rabbits for those. That are... So this is the, um, where's the actual book book? Hang on, let me see if I can find the book book, sorry. I'm still jealous that you've got a copy of roundabout rabbits and I haven't, by the way. Um, right, well, I've got the proof cover here. Yeah. Because um, that's all very, um, the proof cover is just as exciting as the regular cover. So I always get printed proofs of my books just to make sure that everything is as it should do, because what you see on screen versus what you see printed out is, you know, can can change. Mm-hmm. So what I'm now doing, and I have done this for a couple of others, but I think this is now going to be my little signature. Definitely, thing. it's genius. So Kylie, for the illustrations of this book is just amazing. So this is the Roundabout Rabbits. This is the proof cover, by the way, so you can see where the cut marks are. And there are a, uh, there's a part of the story where it basically involves some rats, which was one of my favorite illustrations. So on the back, 
I've put a little rat on the ISBN box and he's just so cute. Look at him. He's so lovely. now what I'm going to do is I think for all books, uh, especially that you and I work on, I think we're going to have this little um, feature on the ISBN where okay. there's a little something from the book that we can put on the ISBN. And then with Catherine's, we've those little shoes that you've got bursting out of a of a I think he's in a tube with the little feet dangling I decided to have that on the back of Catherine's ISBN box so for people who don't know what an ISBN is oh yes it's this for people who are listening who can't see oh yes yeah. so the ISBN is sorry <laughs> in it's the international standard book number um and it is a set of numbers that are given to your book to, it's almost like a registration plate basically right it is to identify your book when you register it with Nielsen's who are the UK um place where I get my ISBNs from you can only get them from Nielsen's uh-huh. um and then they turn into a barcode so that you can put on the back of the book and then when you scan this code whatever you've registered with Nielsen's all the information so title author how much it costs etc is in that barcode now a lot of people when they publish a book i like to have a nice isbn box like this to mm-hmm. look profesh but if you notice on lots of other books they don't bother with that they just have an isbn let me show you so for instance this notebook here i mean this is penguin look how look how basic that is right yeah compared to mine it just looks yes i just think looks more professional there you go so you you've said to me once i think this is a really important thing that you said to me once right you actually rang us after i went live in the group um and this is like how things can impact other things and yeah what you're working on can kind of snowball in the like what you said was was because I, I talked about physical income from book sales right so I yeah. I was kind of looking at what I was what I was getting in return for physical books okay yes. and I, think I said yes. something like oh I haven't even broken even I yet broken nothing yet. yeah so and I was like uh, <coughs> <excuse me. laughs> I was like really let's have a little think about this shall we tell the listeners what you told me what so so Obviously, selling your book is, as as we have already understood, is, you know, relentless. Now, most people, if you're only going to get 100 books printed, obviously, that's going to cost you X amount of money. And it usually means your book is going to be around the £2, £3 per book to print. Mm -hmm. Right. That doesn't include how much you've spent on editing or on the cover or on the typesetting. So by the end of the day, your book is probably, has probably cost you around the five pound mark Mm -hmm. to bring to print. Well, Mm -hmm. if you're selling it for 6.99, it's going to take a long time for you to recoup your money. Yeah. Right. That's called earning money on the front end sales of your book. Yeah. It's going to take a long time. You're going to have to sell a lot of books to recoup your money Mm -hmm. where you make your money is all the other stuff that you do. So from your book that you've done, your two books that you've done, what have you now got on the tail end of that? So so tell us, Kylie, what have you you got from the tail end of that? It's just phenomenal. And like, 
before I, I came onto this, I did a bit of research and I found out that the average self-published published author mm -hmm. earns around £1,000 a year. That's on average, right? Right. Yeah. From, from their physical books. From, yeah. from the front end sale of their books. Yeah. And I think what I've done differently and what you've constantly told us along along the, yeah. the way is I've shared my journey. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of took people on this journey with us of writing a book, publishing a book. So you're talking yeah. families who are interested in the characters, you're talking people who are potentially yeah. wanting to write a book. Mm -hmm. And I've created a community and the stuff that's happened off the back of it, but it, it, yeah, it, the, the core of it is I've written a book, right? I've written yeah. a book. Yeah. But now, I mean, I'll go well, three, three, going yeah. on four, right? Going Coming on four. four. <laughs> um, I'm going into schools now. So that's all income. Yeah. Um, people are wanting support, like one-to-one -one support about stuff. Yeah. Your illustration career. I mean, let's do, let's, <laughs> exactly. let's look at that. Let's look at that. I'm right. like booked out till because all of I've got about five or six who are going to be ongoing clients because they've yeah. got book one, yeah. book two, but they've yeah. got like series of books. So yeah. I'm booked out illustrating up until 2025. Yeah, exactly. Ridiculous. Yeah. Or so that none of that would have happened no. if I hadn't written a book. Yeah. So if you look at your back-end sales, which is what I call it, right? It's the sort of corporate term, the back-end sales of what your book then can do for you. And this is, see, this is where my business knowledge massively comes into play because I help people, I help also business owners write books for lead generation. And that means writing a book that then encourages the reader to spend more money with the author. Mm -hmm. And I know one chap that I helped with writing his book, he went to secure a 25 grand deal with a corporation purely based on the fact that he'd written a book. Crikey. Look at Helen, look at Helen Morton in my Reluctant Writers Facebook group. Yeah. She got her job yeah, she based on the fact that she wrote her book, yeah. right? So people revere authors and they don't ask are you self-published or traditionally published? That never comes up in conversation. If you hand them a book that looks professional, and that's what I pride myself on doing, yeah. is making your book look professional, no one even questions it. Mm -hmm. But what they do see is that they, you're an author. And when you have that status, as I've said many times, quotes all over my Insta feed, all the rest of it, nothing positions you higher than author status. Nothing, mm -hmm. I don't think. I like and <laughs> and I would say it's transformed your life I would say it's transforming Laura's life I would say it's transformed Jody's life all these people I've helped have a, a, a transforming their lives because of this particular thing that they are releasing and it's like the magic and I you know that that little bit that I shared in the lounge about um the, the new introduction that I've got for my children's book that I'm writing at the moment yeah you know, storytelling is magical. Yeah. And the influence you have on the children that read your story can be far reaching as you are, it's as, as you are, you know, you're seeing this when yeah. you go into schools. Yeah. You know, I think and ne never, never underestimate that. 
because it's, oh. it's powerful when you I mean when you mentioned it was you were like stop thinking about the actual physical books and I went oh god you're so right like all of these things that have happened because of that yeah yeah I think another like some people think that I've always wanted to write a book I haven't always wanted no. to write a book, but no. it's kind of made us realize how important reading books yes so when I was when I was this is the type of stuff I share when I go into schools it's not about my book when I go into schools it's about getting them to believe that they can achieve anything because I've done it like little old me sat in my studio here I've done it Um, anyone can and I talk to them now about a book that changed changed my life I'm not going to ask you this question actually is there a book that so the book that's definitely changed my life has to be The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe I don't right. think I would be as creative yeah. as yeah, yeah, yeah. it wasn't for yeah. that book yeah so that's why it's important for the yeah. kids to start reading so let's flip that back to you though oh gosh a book that's changed my life I, 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 I'm gonna be a do you know what I, I often quip about this and, and I don't mean this to be self-serving I love books growing up as a child. I, I, I was a reader. I loved reading. I read ferociously now. I've always got a book on the go. I can't not. Um, and I, and I, love some, I love the way books make me feel. And I get frustrated when books let me down. And, yeah. I, and I can lose myself in books. I can, I can get sad. I mean, I, I read a fantastic book called Where the Crawdors Sing. I can never pronounce the, the, the right title, Crawdord Sing or something like that. I was crying at the end of the book. Like, oh like that's God, how they affect me. Crying. crying. But I I'm I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a little bit I, I'm gonna say egotistical. The book that's changed my life is my book. Yes, get in. Come on. Tell us about your book. Because it's it's putting my money where my mouth is. It's showing my expertise. And it has got me in front of people that I would have never have got in the front of people before. Mm-hmm. And only to help them then serve yeah. other people by getting their book out. So this isn't saying, oh, well, my book's that brilliant. What I'm saying is it's a conduit to then let other people reach their purpose. And I, and I, and I want to bring us on to this um, really important point, especially with your journey. And I might get emotional because I always do when I talk about this. I'm for the tears, like I have to say, but your purpose <laughs> is to influence kids. Mm-hmm. Bless her. I knew she would cry. I knew she would cry. <laughs> but it's uh, when when, when you get that, <laughs> when you get that, when you get your purpose, when you find your purpose, and I put something about it. I wrote something about it in your in your secret uh, mushroom group called it's the it's the Japanese expression of ikigi Mm -hmm. it's like when everything comes together Mm -hmm. so your passion your ability the need and what you can make a living out of Mm -hmm. all come together in that little circle yeah and that that's what you found that's your purpose and my purpose is to help people express themselves through books Mm -hmm. so I'm going to say my book is the one that's changed my life fabulous and talking about um how your business is, is definitely developing and going in a different direction and yep. we're not yep. doing magical things let's talk about because we, we want to tap into some social media stuff here yes definitely tell me about how your group the reluctant oh, 
has changed? Well, it's interesting because I think you were, it comes right back, it comes full circle from the beginning of the interview when you said you were apprehensive about chatting to me because you'd done your due diligence, right? You'd look me up, you'd see me on LinkedIn. Um, I don't know if you saw my Facebook or not, probably knowing you because you're very good at that. And you probably saw a very corporate, right? Alexa, well, so what you did owner is, and director of the book yes. very corporate because that's my background right that's yeah. my background um and when I joined the northern last lounge I think that was the biggest revelation for me like the biggest the biggest piece of of of, of business growth I've learned and I'm now continuing that is right Corporate had its place 10 years ago, mm -hmm. right? Actually, it's all about now people buy from people and be you. Yeah. Right. Now, I like to think of myself as corporate, but actually, if you, if, if you look at my little office, do you know I've what I mean? Met, I've met you, mate. Right. <laughs> I'm not corporate. Not corporate at all. <laughs> So, so I was spending a lot of time over on LinkedIn because that's where you go and hang out when you're in that kind of, in that um, field. And actually LinkedIn is having a revolution of not being the corporate stuffy place anymore. It's a lot more be yourself, be who you want to be. So I had um, a very failing, <laughs> not very active Facebook group called The Reluctant Writers. And I didn't know what to do with it. Um, it was just there and I had didn't know the power of of groups and community until I sort of joined the Northern Last Lounge and then I saw what an opportunity I had and the training obviously on the lounge which I joined Facebook group training which was brilliant and I've now got this amazing group from your lessons and often I'll phone you going wow what do I do what do I do and you're brilliant at it and I feel now I'm a lot more me. I'm a lot more approachable, I think. I'm a lot more, I'm a lot more like people will approach me without that fear of, oh my God, you know, it's very corporate. I've taken that now over to LinkedIn as well. And yeah, my group is definitely growing, but it's also maintaining the quality and the because I've done some snooping on other writers groups and I have to say the engagement in mine is really good. Brilliant. It is because really it's good. not a huge group, is it? No, it's very and we, small. And we've and that's that's absolutely fine. In fact, it's probably perfect because yeah. you've got all of these people together now who are supporting each other and people who are yeah. wanting to write a book and wanting like yeah. What you're doing now where you you've just talked about Helen and you you're giving them spotlights, aren't you? Yeah. Where they're coming in yeah. and they're so what, yeah. what what made you do that? Like, why was it important for you to, to do that? Because I think I think I was I think it was a, a conversation I had with you uh, where I was asking people to go and review other people's books because reviews, listeners, listeners, <laughs> listeners, take <laughs> heed, take heed. <laughs> anybody who has anybody you know who's gone and written a book. Honestly, one of the best ways you can support them is go and write a review Yeah, on all the places, mm -hmm. everywhere. Like, yeah. honestly, you have no idea how positively that affects us, mm -hmm. right? 
you know that with even with the lounge podcast like you always say please go rate and review us it makes a massive difference so if you're listening to this and you know a self-published author go review their books right (laughs) and so I wanted to encourage that in the group and so I was like right I'm going to list everyone that's got a book everyone go and review their book and you were like I don't really feel comfortable about doing this if I haven't actually read the book and I'm like oh that's a good point actually (laughs) but that's why I decided to do a spotlight so every sort of four to six weeks from the list of all the people that are published in the group I pick a name and for that six weeks we I basically allow them to become an admin of the group And they don't spam the group by any stretch of the imagination, but we focus on that book. We get the author to read out bits, tell them about our, tell, let them tell them about their journey. They have a spotlight day where they take over the group and, and come and do a live. And that way people then are encouraged to go and buy each other's books, which I think is always great. And then to go and leave reviews, et cetera. But it was doing it in a more genuine way. And you did hit the nail on the head when you were like, I don't mind going and leaving reviews for books, but if I hadn't read them, I feel a bit disingenuous. And I'm like, oh, opportunity here. So that's why we've got the book spotlight. And I think it works really, really well. We're getting to know everyone and then in the group. It's great. It is. I think hats off, you know, Alexa, like how much that has really turned into a community. Like it's yeah. been brilliant, brilliant to watch. And, this is this is like I know you mentioned about as my purpose is to inspire children I think I'm here to share and like yeah. and just I get a proper buzz when I see stuff yeah. like that happening and, like, and this is just from things that I'm sharing because I've worked I've yeah done it yeah. myself yeah yeah I mean I had no clue I had no clue and I knew I was missing a big piece now you see you've taken How you've sold your book through Facebook and your group uh, is now obviously something that I tell people to go and watch your journey so they can learn from you. I don't get involved in the marketing aspect of my authors purely because you've paid me up front to help you with your self-publishing journey. But because I don't take a percentage of your sales, I don't really get involved in the marketing side of things. Whereas I know your the way you've done it works really well so I just tell people to go and you know look at what you've done take the bits that could work for them so they do the same thing and I mean look at what's happening it's it's amazing it's uh everyone is taking your advice watching you your journey and also you massively help people with their uh buying journey you know like look at what happened with world book day you took that ran with it gave us a platform there was what nine of us and we all came together and we had a whole day where we took over facebook on the 25th anniversary of world book day and we had a massive impact with what happened there you know so we brought your skill set which is very unique in the fact that you love community you are an extrovert you love to help people push them in the spotlight whether they like it or not 
because you have to, right? You have to, you kind of have to. Shy bands getting out, as you say, right? Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's so true. Shy bands getting out. I mean, think about. I remember when I first saw you go live, and I just went, "Why isn't she doing this all the time?" <laughs> and I, I, like some people just don't have the confidence to do it. We know that, but you're. Fine. Oh, I, 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 I'm, I'm like you. I'm, yeah. I'm a little bit narcissistic when it comes to put me in front of a yeah. camera. Absolutely, I don't mind. Is there any kind of guidance you can give somebody who's really struggling with going live? Uh, practice, 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 practice. And like I said to Alexa, one, the lovely Alexa Tewksbury. Now we have to give her a big shout out because if it wasn't for Alexa Tewksbury, you and I wouldn't be sitting having this conversation. Well, tell us about the Alexa one and two situation. Well, well, I'll just so so what I said to Alexa Tewksbury because she's she oh my god she's amazing in terms of you wait till you hear her narrate story she's great. I am going to get her on here by the way. She struggles <laughs> with going like she has this going live doesn't like it's out of her comfort zone she doesn't like to do it so my one piece of advice is when you go live right first of all you just get over yourself because get out of your own way basically like what you have to say could really help someone Mm -hmm. so if you take your ego out of that equation and go this isn't about me this is about people who are listening suddenly it turns it kind of turns it on its head right And just pretend you're chatting to your best friend. Mm -hmm. Just pretend you're talking to one person. And if it goes wrong, it doesn't matter. You laugh it off. Like I did when I said, when I thought someone from Washington was from the state. I have to tell you this, listeners. (laughs) Oh, God, I don't know my northern, I don't know my northern town. And somebody came on and she was like, oh, where are people from? There's people coming on. And someone went, Washington. And she was like, whoa, (laughs) the time like over there. And I was like, mate, no, it's like up the road from me, Washington. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I laughed it off. I made a big joke out of it. And I even did a post about it. You know, like, like Alexa has this ability of being like, completely natural but like uh, she drops she it, 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 glasses somewhere and it was just it. so th- this is what i'm saying like uh when when you make a mistake like that it can Doesn't make matter. you it can make yes. you, the fact that she dropped her notes right and the wish a little mannerisms around it. if anyone yeah. wants to go and see this if you go to my page the magical world of mushroom marvelous and scroll back through the live videos you're looking for alexa tewksbury she's she did an amazing piece she where she talks about yeah and and look at what it's going to do for her because we've all recognized yeah. that she's brilliant at reading stories yeah yeah she is and so so my piece of advice is number one and you can you can actually put this against getting your story out of your head as well right and and Loza talked about this on her podcast right she got out of her own way and she as she called it got her big girl pants on and she shared her story right and look look at what's happened by her sharing her story you know so so it's like get out of your own way I had my book sitting on my hard drive for four years and someone told me to get out of my own way and published the thing and I was scared I was I've been there I was scared I've been there and the same goes for lives you just have to imagine you're speaking to your best friend Mm -hmm. don't worry about who's watching and who's not a lot of people catch up on replay and just what you have to say 
could change someone's life. And I know that sounds glib, but it's true. So don't be selfish. I like it. You owe it to the world. To you get owe it to the world. And you do. Like, be more set. Hello. Phenomenon <laughs> of hashtag be more set. Alexa, right. I don't think you've uh, mentioned your, what your book's called. What's it oh. called? Right, so publish your, oh, publish your, oh God, I just, one of my children's books just fallen on the floor. Publish your way to more clients. Ah, is the first one. And then the second one, which I am updating because it needs much updating, is this one, which is called to how to create a picture storybook. This is now going to be much more extensive and I'm rewriting it as we speak. But this is the one that helps um basically get your head out of your head in into print. Now, Alexa Tewksbury, we do need to just very briefly just give her thanks of nod. Thanks of nod, nod of thanks. Works for me. Um, because basically it was her really that got us, you and me in, in touch. It was, and this is where Alexa, I can't believe that I came up with Alexa one and Alexa two. I thought that was something that was already in place. But when I- No, because you, you couldn't, you you were struggling with which Alexa did what? So, like, first of all, Alexa isn't a common name, right? So how the hell you've got Alexa 1 and Alexa 2 working on children's books and then me Alexa in the house is ganning off every, every five minutes. <laughs> when I'm going live, people are going, will you stop saying Alexa? <laughs> <laughs> like Amazon, as much as I hate them for creating an Alexa, actually has probably skyrocketed our name in terms of like we make a joke out of it now right so you were getting really frustrated because you could you kept you kept not remembering which alexa did what so you said alexa one was your alexa tukesbury because she was the first alexa you got in touch with uh-huh. and then alexa two was me uh, but isn't it funny and then and then i had this i had this image in my head of dr zeus's thing one and thing two <laughs> So I surprised you, didn't I, when we turned up in a T-shirt? Oh, we did chuckle. But um, and Alexa and I, uh, we co-run the group, the Reluctant Reluctant Writers Group, and we also co-run a podcast as well. We do. Get that in there. What's the podcast? The Pen to Published Podcast, All Things Writing. So and we've had you Uh Mm -hmm. as our first guest on episode eight. So, yeah, if you want to hear Kylie talk about her book journey. I mean, it's filled with like really practical advice, isn't it? It's yeah, really basically, if you if you just don't understand, you've got an idea. So if you're at that stage where you just have an idea for a book, but you're really not sure of what to do next, mm-hmm. uh, go and start with series one and it talks you all the way through everything. Cool. Can we talk about LinkedIn? Um, because... You're a bit of a genius on LinkedIn. Ah, LinkedIn, yes. And I'm just funny about. <laughs> you you post and leave. I do. <laughs> we can't be bothered because I've got... Just to cover all bases, you post and leave. It seems to be something... I've just had another podcast interview with somebody and she's a virtual assistant, Claire, and she was just seeing how much it's starting to like yeah. become a really key platform for businesses. It is. Um, So LinkedIn uh, originally was a platform where recruiters would go to find people jobs, basically. Um, I don't know when it was established. I I don't have that information to hand, but it was a pretty stuffy corporate, soulless 
place where recruiters hung out, mm -hmm. basically. Um, but it has seen a massive shift in its approach, I would say, in the last two years, mm -hmm. it, as, as recently as that. Mm -hmm. And I've been using LinkedIn on and off for, oh gosh, since my business was, since I started my business, which was back in 2008. So I've been on LinkedIn for a fairly long period of time. Um, but I was also falling into the corporate trap, obviously, of being quite stuffy and quite, you know. And then I noticed I started doing these really interesting posts about, um, this is before I met you, way before I met you, BK, as I like to say, before Kylie. And um, <laughs> BK. Um, and I wrote these interesting um, articles all about like where uh, exclamation marks came from, where the question mark came from, where the ampersand came from, all of that. And it, and it really interested people and kind of put my profile kind of on the map. And people were like, you know, going, actually, you know, this girl who says that she's all things book, she's got something to say. And I was getting lots of followers and I'm now almost at 6,000 followers on LinkedIn. Um, I don't know how many connections, I, that's just followers. I don't know how many connections I've got. I think what I'm, does that mean, connections? What, what does that mean? So, so you can have either connections, you can have connections, which obviously are then automatically become followers, right. or you can set your profile that the default setting is just followers, and then they have to hunt under the hood to actually be connected to you. Right. So you well, so you can have people just literally following your stream, but you're not connected one-on-one. -on -one, and that's the better place to be. You want lots yeah. of followers, but you don't necessarily want millions of connections. Oh, it's right. just a way of keeping your feed nice and tidy because obviously the more followers you've got the more people are looking at your content mm -hmm. but they're not actually they haven't it's almost like they can see your youtube channel right mm -hmm. but they're not actually in the room with you so the connections are, are, are people are in the room with you whereas your followers are just watching you on the screen does that make sense mm -hmm. i think yeah. so well the so, fact that it's gone through and connected with lots of people is probably the wrong thing to do <laughs> No, it, it's absolutely fine because a connection then allows you then to go and message someone. It, it is a deeper connection. But obviously, if you if you want to seem, <clears throat> I hate the term influencer because I don't oh. like it. I don't like influencer. But if you kind of want to be seen as a as someone who's in the know, then obviously you're going to want lots of followers. Obviously, it's all about your ideal client at the end of the day. Like Lozamac said, it doesn't matter if you've got 10,000 followers. If they aren't your target audience, then what's the point? Anyway, LinkedIn is a, a place now where I'm really getting good traction. I, genuinely, most of my posts that I do get lots of eyeballs on them, which is great. And I get lots of connectivity and a lot of connect, uh, comments and likes. And I decided off the cuff to put, um, I just received my third cold call I was going to ask you about this one yeah so I just put my I just put the phone down to my third cold call of the day and I went oh really angers me I hate cold calls so I went on LinkedIn I went cold calling who thinks it works right you want to see what happened 325,000 views <laughs> almost a thousand comments did you have to go and respond to them all? Well, 
to begin with I was but then I was just like this is going to be a full time yeah like like my insta uh, my linkedin went I I want to say I broke I want to say broke I, broke it. Broke. I broke it I broke it like I've never seen any like even with the <clears throat> gurus of linkedin of which there are many and some really good ones as well for sure like really good ones and I and I'm going to say if you want to really show someone how to be themselves go follow leah turner she's amazing yeah like talk about Mm anti-corporate she's just incredible yeah i don't think she's even got a post like like what mine did (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so yeah i like linkedin um i'm never not going to go there and um do you know what some people say really zero in on like one platform that you're good at and I'm gonna actually say that can be dangerous I think you need to be spread over two or three platforms Mm -hmm. and also get yourself a list or or somewhere where you know where people are because if the internet goes down or a platform leaves Mm -hmm. and you've got all your eggs in one basket that's you done toast I think yeah it's important to have I always say about three, like the power of three yes. business. Yeah. Like have three platforms. You can absolutely lean into one, lean into Abs- it, you know, absolutely. and learn it, learn it, get your strategy going. Absolutely. Yeah. You're right, you're right. Like, imagine if everyone was just on Facebook and then Facebook. Well, look what happened to when Facebook, when was it? It was about, oh, what, three months right? ago? Oh, Facebook, uh-huh. Facebook went down, which then takes down Instagram, right? Uh-huh. And then, I mean, Twitter was brilliant. It was, it was like, hello, everybody. <laughs> How are you all? <laughs> but it's true. Like, if that doesn't show us the power of don't put all your eggs in one basket. And also, I would definitely say, for, I, would, I would definitely say if you're writing a children's book, right, put all your socials in the back of your book, number one. But if you've got a website, which I would always say is a good thing to have, make sure you're collecting who's buying your book through your website. Because like I said, if Facebook goes down or or LinkedIn goes down and that's what you're relying on for your income, you want to know who's bought your book so that when you do have book two come out, if if everything else is gone, you've still got a way of contacting those people. Yeah, that was one of the the first things you said to me, wasn't it? You're like, you need to get a A landing page, page. something, something. Yeah, something. Because so, I, because I didn't realise how quickly my book was going to take off, and then I was all of a sudden managing hundreds of payments through Messenger, and I was like, "What?" And I kind of saw it was all quickly yeah, yeah, yeah. set up, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. So you know, you definitely re- re- have revolutionised my way of thinking of how you can market your book through Facebook and Facebook groups, um, and we've now seen that that's a, a really good platform to do it on, but. I would definitely say make sure you've got a landing page where people can go and buy your book don't just have it don't just sell it through Facebook with a PayPal button because you then you you need this data I know it sounds very dry and boring but you need the data so if you've got a landing page where people can put in their email addresses then that just makes sense for other stuff that you've got coming up you've got another avenue of being able to tell people how to get in touch with you so so let's do this part of the podcast. Yes. It's called Why I Lass. Why I? Where I have the team who have written down some questions and I've said it can be about. All right, yes. Anything. Yes, all right then. Is there anyone who you're a bit 
scared of getting a... No, not well, at all. No. Please not bothered, are you? No. Right then. Oh, it looks like a big one. I think it could be Phelpsy. It is Phelpsy because she, ah. she writes War and Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, she's coming and doing a guest spot on my in my group about yeah. syndrome. Oh, yes. get in, Phelpsy. So, as you are now an honorary Northern lass. I am. What Northern word or phrase do you now use that you didn't before? Ben. <clears throat> knee bother I almost sent my mum a ma'am Mother's Day card yeah. <laughs> and what's the crack yes knee bother obviously knee bother and mint but what, yeah all of those definitely definitely cool. yeah. so I want to end this on a high right because next week you're coming up Alexa woo 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 <clears throat> and you're like you've, you're now becoming part of the furniture with our book yes, definitely. So you, came, you came up we've got next week we've got roundabout rabbits so mark and lisa crier are launching their book yep what does it mean to you that you're there and you, you feel part of it oh do you know what it, it's really interesting because you and i've had a, a conversation that yesterday about stuff and you know i've 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 lived all over the world. My dad was in the army, so I've traveled. Like I was born in Germany. I lived in Cornwall, lived in the Middle East, emigrated to Canada. Do you know what I mean? Like I've lived everywhere. 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 And I came back from Canada, lived in London, lived in Kent, and now I'm in Portsmouth. Now, when I first moved to Portsmouth, I was like, my God, this really feels like, the, the, it's like, I feel really home here in Portsmouth. I don't know why no affinity to Portsmouth other than my son's dad is here and I just wanted my son to be next to my dad uh, next to his dad yeah um and do you know what it's interesting because now obviously my partner is from Manchester which is for me really north and obviously I've now met you girls you lasses and I just feel like I'm obviously an adopted northerner you don't Seriously, know. I feel like it. And um, I'm coming up next week and I feel like, well, I'm going to go see the lasses. And when I went to Canada, I was in your hoodie. Lots of, uh, yeah, obviously I'm not <laughs> in it. I'm, I'm in George today. I can't believe you haven't got the hoodie. No, on. I'm in, I believe in me. I'm in George today. Yeah. You know, sometimes you need, I believe in me. Yeah. Um, and I live in your Northern Lass Lounge. Obviously I have my hoodies as well, just a quick plug there about I have merch too yes, um, and I've got this the hashtag you know the northern lass lounge and I was getting asked about this when I was in Canada lasses who um, lounge lasses who lounge and I was trying to explain this phenom phenomenon and it's just it's unique and it's amazing and I feel like I'm part of a tribe like I know that sounds so cliche like find your tribe but I have and I found it up north and I feel like I'm an adopted sister and I love it and you guys are my guys now, right? Right. Yay. And watch this space is all I'm going to say. Oh, no. So I can't wait for next week. We're probably going to get extremely drunk at some point. Probably. Um, <laughs> not as bad as I was in Leeds. But the next yeah. day was... Yes. But anyway. <laughs> anyway. We all went down to Leeds, didn't we? With uh, a couple of, we did. couple of authors. We did. And 
we did. Well, I'm just going to say, like, watch this space. Was what, what's going to happen with our author community because it's yes. just so special. It's yeah. so magical what's happening, and you know, the world is just. And and I think I think from this sense of community and from your passion and drive of sharing your knowledge and you know you've you've set this possibility of this amazing collaboration that we've talked about yeah. of supporting yeah. children's authors especially in the northeast to get their books into big I mean you know look at you and Laura now in seven stories you know that will probably be followed by the others mm -hmm. cries I can see their story oh, yeah. and, you know everything and the lovely thing about you and I'm going to end it on you oh, without you this wouldn't be happening you know you genuinely want people to succeed and you genuinely if you find success the first thing you think about is how you can get other people the same success mm -hmm. and that's rare bless you Alexa, where can we find you? Where can we find you? So if you're thinking of writing a book, then do come over to the Reluctant Writers Facebook group. Yeah. If your Facebook's not your thing, I am over on Instagram and Facebook as the Book Refinery. And if you're on LinkedIn, I'm under Alexa Witten. Awesome. I'll also put your website on there as well. Thank you. I am on Twitter as your book coach. I'm I'm like you with LinkedIn. I'm like that with <laughs> You'll Twitter. Get there. You'll get there. I'm kind of, you know, dealing with Twitter. It's not my it's not my it's not my place. I don't particularly like it, but I am there under your book coach. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn really and Facebook and Insta yeah. and the group. Awesome. Well, that has been amazing. We've actually talked for over an hour, Alexa. Can well, you... <laughs> it feels like 10 minutes, but I'm not really surprised. <laughs> Well, thank you. It's been brilliant. Well, thank you for having me. Really appreciate it.